Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I want to welcome you to the January 17th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Cheyenne is unavailable today, so I am being joined by one of our GMAs, Ashley Smaby. Welcome, Ashley. And she's going to be giving us a recap of the markets this week. Ashley? March 2020 corn ended today at 389 and a quarter, which was up two and three quarters for the week. For new crop corn, December 2020 finished at 402 and three quarters, which was unchanged for the week. For soybeans, March soybeans ended today at 929 and three quarters, which was down 18 and a quarter for the week. For new crop soybeans, November 2020 finished at 960 and a half, which was down 15 for the week. Well, actually, I think the big story this week is definitely the signing of the phase one agreement with China. Up until the signing, there was a lot of optimism that China would have to start buying a lot more ag products from the U.S. And while that is what had been reported, and there was a lot of hoopla around the actual signing, the details sort of say something a little bit differently. Many people are focusing on the wording of two different phrases included in the agreement that state that purchases will be made on commercial considerations and or market conditions. This is what led to the sell-off we saw that knocked corn down about 11 cents on Thursday, beans lost 13 on Wednesday, and then almost a nickel on Thursday. All in all, getting this agreement signed is a big step. Ron Young, the Chief Commodity Officer of Landis Cooperative, had this to say. We applaud the signing of the first phase of a trade agreement with China this week. This provides a first step toward a more fair and open trade agreement long term with the largest customer in the world. Our farmer members are more successful when free and honest trade opportunities exist. China is a major demand center for soybeans, corn, and livestock producers. We look forward to continuing to advocate for our members by identifying domestic and international demand centers which elevate the value of their high-quality grain. And then I'd have to say the big story number two is the recent passing of the USMCA by the Senate. Our board president, Jim Carlson, had this to say. Linus Cooperative applauds the U.S. Senate for passing the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. We look forward to a swift signature and final approval by our trading partners. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we ship, on average, between 15 and 20 million bushels of grain to Mexico annually. Our local livestock producers will benefit as well as our international customers. We have been exporting value-added dairy feed to Canada and Mexico for more than two decades. Our cooperative has been advocating for this agreement with our industry partners, and we thank our elected officials. Maintaining long-term, strong trade partnerships is imperative to the success of our more than 7,000 farmer members across 26 counties in Iowa. We'll talk a little bit more about that during the bull bear factors. So, let's get started on those. Tom, here are some things that I'm considering for bullish factors for corn. Ethanol production jumped to 322 million gallons last week. This exceeded the 312 million produced the previous week, which is at a 31-week high. In fact, this is the fourth highest weekly production number since the EIA began reporting ethanol numbers on a weekly basis back in June of 2010. We have been hearing that ethanol margins have been weakening lately, so this was pretty unexpected and is a solid increase from the 309 million gallons for the same week last year. As you mentioned earlier, the USMCA has now passed in the Senate and had already passed in the House of Representatives. Here are some facts especially important to Landis. We shipped more than 15 million bushels of grain to Mexico last year. On average, we ship a grain train to Mexico every seven to 10 days. We can ship grain to Mexico from 10 of our locations. And a 110 car shuttle to Mexico equates to 450 semi-trucks of grain. Well, on the bear side for corn, 
We've already discussed that China has announced that they will not implement a nationwide gasoline blend of 10% ethanol this year, as they had previously announced. But now, with this language in the agreement, there's even more doubt about what they will or will not buy from the U.S. If they're not going to use more ethanol, they certainly won't be importing corn from the U.S. to make ethanol, and they won't be importing ethanol from us either. On that ethanol front in the U.S., ethanol stocks increased again this week, this time by 23 million gallons to 966 million. In two weeks, we've moved from a three-year low on stocks to a 15-week high. This is the highest level for stocks since late September. Corn export inspections were at the low end of expectations with 18.1 million bushels shipped. For the past seven weeks, we've been averaging 19.4 million bushels per week. Even with the downward reduction in the WASD last week, we'll need to average around 39 million bushels per week through August, and so far we've been averaging less than half of that. As we mentioned last week, the next big USDA report is the March 31st prospective planting report. We continue to hear expectations for around 94 million corn acres this year. The concern here is that the 2021 ending stocks and what they'll look like, with many people talking about a number closer to 3 billion bushels than the current estimate of 1.892 for this year. So Tom, here's what I'm thinking on bull factors for soybeans. Soybean exports exceeded expectation with 41.8 million bushels shipped last week and also exceeded the previous week's number of 38.2 million. This is also a four-week high and pushes a cumulative total to 844 million. We now need an average of about 26 million per week to hit the USDA's estimate for the year. U.S. crush remains strong. The December NOPA report showed a record for the month of December, with crush reported at 170.16 million bushels. NOPA stands for National Oil Seeds Processors Association and reflects 95% of all soybean processors in the U.S. This number is almost 4 million bushels higher than December 2018 and is also an increase of just over 3 million from this past November. With regards to the USMCA, as far as soybeans go, Soy Plus is manufactured in Ralston, Iowa. We have been able to continually serve a customer in Mexico for the last 20 years. And on average, that one customer purchases 40 rail cars of Soy Plus each month. 10 to 15% of our total Soy Plus sales go to Mexico. 30 to 50% of the cooperative's total bean receipts are processed into Soy Plus. Soy Chlor is manufactured in Jefferson, Iowa. And 15% of our total Soy Chlor production goes to either Canada or Mexico today. Well, on the bear factors, this week I think I heard the phrase, buy the rumor, sell the fact more than I had heard it in the past few months. There just doesn't seem to be much reason to stay bullish at this point for soybeans. Hopefully U.S. crush stays strong, but that export number is going to dwindle. Brazilian beans are already cheaper than the U.S., and if we need to reduce our prices to get more Chinese business, that's just going to be tougher for the U.S. farmer. I continue to be concerned about the ending stocks number of $475 million. It feels like that number could increase a bit before the end of this crop year. So, what to watch for and what are some upcoming events? This coming Monday, January 20th, is the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday in the U.S., so the CME and the CBOT will both be closed that day. We've been talking about our averaging contract for 2020. We really hope that you were able to go back and listen to the podcast a couple of weeks ago that featured a testimonial from a farmer that has been using this contract for more than 10 years. The deadline for sign-up on that program is in February, so you still have some time to learn about the contract. Our Women in Ag event, Ventures, will be on February the 15th in Ankeny. We'll have the host of Market to Market, Delaney Howell, with us as our keynote speaker, 
and we're finalizing the rest of our speakers for that day. We think it'll be a really good event, and I actually heard somebody saying to a, a man earlier this week, why don't you buy that uh, registration for your wife as a Valentine's Day gift? So think about that as you uh, look on our website to check out more details. And then just as a teaser here, next week we'll be sharing an interview with a farmer that has been pushing his corn yields the past few years. In 2019, his family obtained the top three Iowa spots in the no-till irrigated part of the NCGA contest, and he was number two in the U.S. He has some interesting things to say, so please tune in next week for that. So Tom, why does all of this matter? We've been hearing from several farmers the past couple of weeks about high moisture loads being pulled out of their bins, both corn and beans, so please take some time to be checking your bins. If you are needing to core a few bins, please check with us, and free price later is being rolled out in many of our locations. The key is that you must check with the location first. Our ability to offer this program is dictated by many things, but primarily available space. And as we pointed out last week, this is not a marketing alternative. You still have to make a decision to price that grain at some point. We would much rather see you set a target price and let us try to work with you to get your desired price before you haul your grain in. However, if you are just trying to move a couple of loads out of the bin to improve your ability to keep it in condition, then yes, it makes a little more sense to use free price later. After this recent downturn, even with the recovery we saw today, it's important to keep putting offers in, whether that's for old crop, in the elevator, or at home, but don't forget about new crop. As Tom mentioned earlier, 94 million acres of corn with everything close to the trend line, that could push December futures quite a bit lower than $4. So in conclusion, I've just got a couple of things to say here. I know a lot of you folks have uh, livestock and animals that you take care of and have chores to do, but with this weather that's moving in, we just encourage you to be safe as you are out and about. We learned recently in one of our safety uh, seminars here at the co-op that slips, trips, and falls are one of the leading causes of major accidents in the workplace. So please just be careful in this slippery weather to be extra cautious as you go out and about. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or just drop us an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.